0: Hello everybody and welcome back once again to the Biff Rugby League podcast. It's episode five. You can see Robin this week, not just hear him. So we're back Hello. into the full swing of things. Before we get into all the Super League chat and everything else, how's, how's everyone's week been?
1: I've had, I've, had, I've had a great week. I've had a fantastic week. And I'm super excited for the, for the start of the new season. I feel like Since we started the Biff, we've been talking about this. And it feels like we can really like get stuck into it. I'm excited to see what's gonna happen now.
0: What about yourself, though?
2: Yeah, I'm not too bad. I uh I can't believe that we're about to enter limited rugby league territory. <laughs> um and you know, it it's just great that the season's back and uh let, let's just see what happens.
0: Yeah, we've got six Super League fixtures, six champion uh seven championship fixtures and six challenge cup fixtures this weekend. So there's plenty of rugby to talk about. Uh but obviously we'll start and we'll go straight into our usual Kickstarter of the of the episode. Robin story of the round time, my friend.
1: Yeah, yeah. So um I feel like my stories so far, they've all been um quite positive stories. And this one I suppose you could say it was a negative story, but I feel like it's really uh, an important issue in our sport. Um, and I noticed a headline this week on Love Rugby League about um, Tyrone McCarthy. Uh, he, played, he, he played over 250 games. He's won Challenge Cups with Warrington and he's represented Ireland. Um, and at the end of last season, he retired following a head collision, which it fractured his eye socket and left him with long-term concussion. And he's unfortunately still suffering from double vision months after this injury, months after his retirement. And he's now speaking specialist treatment and um it it reminded me of the the documentary i'm not sure if either of you two have seen it about stevie Ward um about living with concussion
0: no i didn't manage um, to get
1: it yeah it's a really it's a really good one it's on sky if anybody wants to watch it um um and it's it's all about his head injury it's all about he's got um a persistent post con- concussion syndrome um and it's like a year after his final match and even a year later he's still um, got these symptoms after after a, a, a consecutive bangs to the head basically, um, and head head injuries. It's a really important topic, and uh, I think we've all become increasingly aware of it over recent years in all contact sports. Um, but some of the some of the main side effects with concussion, dizziness, migraines, nausea, light and noise sensitivity, mm. depression, anxiety, and suicidal thoughts. Um, it's expected to go away after a few weeks. But, it, like in Stevie's case, like we've seen with Tyrone McCarthy and like we've heard with countless other athletes, um, it can it can last for much, much longer than that. Um, and there's no guarantee that it'll ever go away. Uh, in in the NFL, the American football, and that's where a lot of this um, research on head injuries kind of started um, maybe like half a half decade ago. And um, one of the, the largest studies in, in the NFL found that 110 out of 111 deceased players had CTE, which is a, a degenerative brain disorder linked with repetitive brain trauma, and again that's linked to suicidal behaviour, dementia, declines in memory, mood, um, executive function. So obviously it's a it's a really really big problem in um, contact sports. Um, and then you start to question like what what's what's the way out of it? And um, I mean this this year for example um, the RFL and Super League they've um, there's a scheme they've called it Tackle, which stands for tackle and contact kinematics load and exposure, um, and that looks at minimising the amount of load on players. They call it load, but they basically just mean the number of like head head knocks. Yeah. Um, and they and they've got some really interesting technology actually. They've, this year, every team is going to be given these mouth guards that contain um, accelerometers and gyroscopes to assess the collision load a player has been exposed to during a match, um, so that's for all the Super League clubs this year. Uh, there's, they've also strengthened the disciplinary procedures to reduce con- uh, any contact to the head, um, and so uh, any any deliberate act of foul play which results in contact to the head now is determined a grade D offence. So that's a three five match suspension. So Jesus. that'll hopefully prevent um, like put people off doing it, like or make make them super aware not to um to make contact with the head um and outside of the this process they have increased the period of recovery to 11 days which is obviously much better than before but Mm. at the same time you're looking at um, these stories like stevie wonder a year later he's still suffering from it so 11 days is it it longer and and um in the documentary stevie wonder talks about it and his sort of solution is that, that we just need to um we need to minimise contact Um, and he spoke about the balance between keeping the best parts of rugby league and without having the long-term suffering of players and it's it's a really deep topic and we won't have time to get into it we're just scratching the surface on this today and you know we're we're talking about the elite level where where we've got the funds to give players gyroscope mouth guards and have support Mm. staff and there's a whole a whole um plethora of, of issues for everybody who doesn't have those supports um but for me having having looked at it this week um when i was sort of i got i got i got excited by the technology I, for me i hope that that's the um that's the answer um there's there's techniques such as neurofeedback where they put um electrodes on on your head to monitor brain activity and that can be used to assess brain fitness um and i was like Thinking up these ideas of um, like players being regularly tested to, to assess the fitness of the brain, and if they see that the players at risk, they might rest them rest the same way that physio might see a, a player at risk of tearing a ligament. Um, and alongside the um, the gyroscopes in the mouth guards um, and just general awareness for, for um, trained staff to spot head injuries on on the field of play. Hopefully we can mitigate. It. But yeah. It's, it's a it's a deep issue. This is just a broad introduction, but it's really it's really important we talk about it, especially with the mental health aspect. Um, and and it's it's going to be one of these challenges for our sport and many others to to hopefully try and overcome in the future.
0: Yeah, hundred percent. Stevie Ward is a player that was part of that really successful Leeds team in towards in twenty fifteen as a young player. And he had a few seasons after that, but he just didn't. He couldn't get back to the potential that he was because of the head injuries. He wasn't necessarily getting high shots or suffering head injuries in those games, but the the impacts of previous head injuries were still affecting him months later, and they and they still are now. And it's scary, not just for us to read it and go bloody hell. That like I imagine. Imagine if we were in that. You can't put yourself in his shoes. But you also have to put yourself in the shoes of his partner and these players' wives and these players' families and these players' close friends when, if they get these mood swings and they get these suicidal thoughts, they come at a time where, it's never the right time obviously, but they come at a time where they can't deal with it, like if they're one-to-one or they're in public and stuff like that, Like these things can happen like that and it's and it is really scary. And I'm glad to see that we're doing a lot more to try and understand it. But it's got to a point now where we should have, I know the technology hasn't been there, but we just wish we could have understood it 50, well, about 40, 50 years ago. You're saying like the NFL in the last half a decade have been doing stuff and all the technology that's around is, we're slowly understanding it. What I've seen is when... In rugby union, they lowered the tackle height and it was like shoulder. It was like shoulder or below. If it was anything above the shoulder, it was something above the chest. I think it was above the chest. Anything above the chest was a high tackle. And they trialed it. And I think they tried a lot of these things in Welsh rugby to see how it goes in the lower divisions. There was more head injuries and more concussion injuries from players being tackled below the chest than there was at the normal tackle height, as what we have now. That's quite. That's really interesting. That's, that, that really interested me, and they, they scrapped the trial because they were getting more concussion injuries. It's, I don't think there's much we can do in terms of the game's rules now to change it, can we?
1: No, I, I think that um, there's people who have access to the data that would probably... There's probably things that you wouldn't immediately think of, like the, the second-hand effects of that rule that make sense when you say it out loud mm. were actually the opposite. So I'm sure, I'm sure there are things that we can do, and we will discover them. And I think, like, our responsibility as fans is to be willing to see these changes come into place. I, I, we all love the big hits, but I think the safety of, of players, we, we absolutely have to prioritise that. And I think we need to be willing to see our game change in order to help help mitigate these risks in the future.
0: Yeah, Toby, as, as a forward, there's probably someone who... Would probably understand it a bit more, having played a bit do the hits are bigger aren't they for you guys, and do you feel them probably a bit more after a game you people want to take you down so they try and try and hit you a bit higher even though you shouldn't like do you do you think that as a forward it's slightly different to say as a winger or do you think that i don't know really, i don't really know what I'm trying to ask do you think the type of player you are would as a defender makes a change to how you, how you're going to tackle someone and potentially alter someone's life.
2: I think it depends on your style of defense, you know, more than anything. Um, the reason that trial you talk about was unsuccessful is because the, if you tackle around the legs, you get knees in your head. Mm. Um, and if you chuckle, you know, round you aim sort of your torso and chest area, you try to wrap the ball up, you end up with shoulders, mm. your shoulder going to someone else's head. Um, it's it's such a difficult thing and uh, in terms of that i would never whenever i played i, I would actually I and mean, the reason i sort of never tried to i just because i couldn't bring myself to tackle low um, yeah. but then you look at that like, it, i mean i've been bounced off some people when i've tried to tackle high so it's or uh, well, not high but yeah i get you but yeah appropriate torso level so it's um it's really difficult um, and i think I honestly don't have a solution for it. Um, you look down the route where you say any high contacts are yellow cards and then all of a sudden seatbelt tackles become yellow cards and you're grimacing at the fact that you haven't actually even touched the neck, you've just gone over the shoulder. Um, yeah. It, there's, I honestly don't have a clue what the answer is. Um, and I just hope that obviously the scientists are sort of making the right recommendations and those recommendations that then get listened to because I don't think it's something where you know it's down to a board of a league mm. board or a um, a committee to decide how to you know an unin- well, a non-scientific committee to decide how to mitigate that risk
0: yeah exactly um, but like you said Robin this is a much deeper topic of conversation and, it, and I'm glad you brought it up because it is something that it gets your brain thinking and it gets people interested in trying to fix the problems that we have. It's probably something we'll discuss throughout the year when head injuries come up and players are missing for four weeks when they didn't look like they'd been injured the week before and like players fail a head injury assessment even though they've not necessarily taken a head knock in a game. And I'm sure, like I said, I'm sure it will come up and we'll discuss it a lot more. And it might be something we discuss during an off-season sort of chat that we that we publish late in in, at the end of the year but maybe at the after the world cup and something see how this year's gone um with the new trial and everything once we get the results back from the trial but we're going to move on to something a little bit more upbeat a little bit more positive um it's player of the round time toby would you like to introduce your the player of the round for this week
2: i would love to introduce the player of the round (laughs) It has slipped my mind. It slipped your mind? Which player you had chosen. Uh, I do remember. Um, <laughs> so, uh, it's just come to me. So, we looked at this from the perspective of who. what was the biggest upset this weekend. And to us, the biggest upset this weekend was Sheffield Eagles beating Bradford Bulls in the, um, the championship. Uh, six all at half time, and Sheffield ran away with that. In the the second half and has left there's many interviews from John Kier saying he's not many interviews but a couple of interviews from John Kier saying he's sort of disappointed with the side and they've got a long way to come and this is a Bradford side we thought were going to push for the playoffs uh, this year and now you start to ask questions of that prediction um, the man of the match for the Sheffield Eagles supporters club um, and hence our player of the <laughs> round um, for being put, the best player in that uh, upset was I believe his name's Liam Johnson
0: it is, yeah. Liam Johnson of the Sheffield Eagles is the Biff player of the round for this week. Like you said, the the, the performance from Sheffield at the weekend, nobody thought they'd go to Oddsall and they'd beat Bradford, did they?
1: Absolutely. No, they, they, they played really well and, and from the highlights, they, they were well-worked tries, good team efforts. Um, I think Thackeray played, had a good game in attack um, but but I think Toby said during uh, when we caught up earlier in the week that you, you can't look past the forward to having such an instrumental role in, mm. in a team that overturns fair side um he set up he set up the try at the end he scored one himself so definitely a worthy winner of the player of the round
0: yeah some notable mentions as well this week there was uh, ryan shaw picking up a try two conversions and a penalty And then Adam Lawton off the bench scoring a hat-trick as well this weekend. And Corey Aston getting a try to assist on debut in a 28-0 win for, for FACTS as well. Those three players were players that we discussed. But we just felt that Liam Johnson's impact in a Sheffield team that stunned Bradford, in our opinion, fully well deserved for our Biff Player of the Round. And because he is our Biff Player of the Round... He is guaranteed a spot in the Biff Team of the Month at the end of the month. Okay? Well deserved. deserved. Like, we we would... The player of the round from our first ever player round didn't get himself in. But I have decided on this very... At this very moment, on this spot that every player that wins Player of the Round is guaranteed a spot in the Team of the Month at the end. So there's one of our 17 players for the end of the month. I'll move to you again though, Toby. And Robin's going to have a a reaction that is so honest it's unreal. It's time for the Biff Rugby League Hall of Fame inductee number five. This is going to be a massive hall of fame come the end of the year.
2: <laughs> yeah, so I feel like I'm doing a bit of admin work for the Hall of Fame at this point, but, but there's context behind it. So this weekend, the NRL's back and it's the, the, uh, the All-Star game, um, which is their sort of big uh, pre-season event to get you excited for the NRL. Uh, it's the Marry All-Stars versus the Indigenous All-Stars, but it used to be the Indigenous All-Stars versus the World All-Stars. Regardless of what type of what type of All-Stars were playing each other, even though it's not always a full team of All-Stars. <laughs> there's only been one player to win Man of the Match in an All-Star game twice. He's also the player that I remember when scoring a winning drop goal in Golden Point of, a, of the first Grand Final I ever watched in the NRL. And many argue that immortal status is waiting for him. Um, again, I don't like the fact that I haven't quite picked most... Uh...
0: He do- is he dead again? <laughs> Has he dropped out again?
2: I'm on
1: the
0: edge of my seat here. Robin, really... Robin doesn't know. He'll come back. He will come back. I'm actually going to leave this in because Robin is on the edge of his seat. He's back. <laughs>
2: Where did we get
0: to? You were just about to say his name and you cut out. And Robin is like on the edge of his seat. Come on, I'm leaving this in. I'm leaving this in. Usually I'd cut, like for those listening and watching, we'd usually cut and then just start again because we like to keep it flowing. But because this is a full surprise, we're going to leave it in. Let's keep, keep carry on. Where did you carry on?
2: Here we go. So Jonathan Thurston will be the <laughs> fifth slash... I mean at this point I think it's about the fiftieth year you <laughs> the whole Northwest Crusader squad from my last um <laughs> you know every player who's ever scored a try in the corner. And every co- and every
0: corner every corner flag that you've ever seen in the yeah. in the Super League and like, every league ever is in there as well.
2: Yeah. But yeah, Jonathan Thurston will be the fifth inductee into the Biff Rugby League Hall of Fame, um, for sort of being the best player in the world when I got into rugby league. And because, in the context of the All Star Game being this weekend, he's the only player <laughs> to have been man of the match in it twice, which I think is so- <laughs> huge.
0: Yeah, exactly. Um, Robin, fully deserved, isn't it?
1: Well, yeah. I mean, you you can't talk about a rugby league hall of fame and not have Jonathan Thurston in there. But I, I'm I'm just <laughs> <he's> <laughs> totally caught me off guard because of all all the things in his career to give him. All I know <laughs> you give him the two man of the match performances. In a pre-season game, <laughs> but so like I feel like if anybody doesn't know who he is, we just totally like <laughs> he's Yeah, an absolute legend, Jonathan Thurston. Changed the game.
0: Jonathan Thurston has played over three hundred NRL games, <laughs> scored ninety tries, and kicked over nine hundred goals, scoring two thousand two hundred and twenty-two points in the process. Wow. He's also played. 38 timers for Australia, scoring 382 points. 37 games for Queensland, scoring 220 points. And in six All Star appearances, he's kicked 17 goals. Like
1: you can look at any 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 stat, and it would yeah. it would he would earn a spot. But I think I think as a, as a player, it, like you say, he's he's one of the <laughs> one of the best, certainly in the time that that I've been watching the sport. So he's, he's the only he's the
0: only NRL. Like MVP twice, right? But he's also the first ever player to win the Dalian medal four times. And, <laughs> and he's also the first ever three time winner of the Golden Boot. Um, and for those that like the Golden Boot's quite a self-player, he's the best player in the world three years on the bounce, the best player in the NRL for four years. But you've gone, you know what? He kicked a drop goal that time in the grand final, and he's won two NRL All Star Maryland matches. Like he is he is gonna be an immortal. Um, he is. He just is, isn't he? You can't. You can't argue that he's probably going to be one of the ones that. He's probably going to be. He's got to be the next one, hasn't he? You'd say.
1: I think if you're looking, if if I'm looking in like the period of my lifetime, I would. He's probably the best player that I've ever seen. I've I, I've, I've seen him play live as well, which was like a, a bit of a bucket list moment. But yeah, definitely the best. I think Toby. I think if we were, if, I mean. Brad, you'll know better than me, but if I was to ask Pupil Toby a question and he gave me the right answer, and then I said, show your markings, and that's what he
0: gave me. (laughs)
1: Show your workings out. I'd be like, (laughs) wrong.
0: That's the thing, right? You get those questions where it goes, what's the answer? Please show your working. It doesn't matter if they're working. However you get there, as long as you get the right answer and you show some form of working, you'll get the marks, right? That's what he's done. He's given you the right answer and he's gone, Oh, that, that'll do. Like, and he's got a full marks for it because you can't not say to him, Jonathan Thurston's not in the Hall of Fame. Of course, he's in the Hall of Fame. He's one of the best players to ever do it, and you can't argue that at all. I'm really. surprised
1: that Jonathan Thurston got in the Hall of Fame after the <laughs> but... I'm also
0: surprised he got in there after corner flags. But yeah. <laughs> you know, like we said, it's not going to be the. It's not going to be the most. Um, it's not going to be the most. Um, I can't even think of the word. It's not going to be like the most normal Hall of Fame. It's going to be different. It's going to be fun. And we will go through it at the end of the year. We, I will go through and categorise people and and whatever. So they are our inductees. Maybe one day we'll get one of them on. Who knows? We'll get a corner flag to mention how they feel <laughs> and stuff like that. Um, but we need to move on. We need to move on to the key aspect of the podcast today. I've already mentioned Super League's coming back. For those of you listening to the podcast, watching the podcast on Thursday evening... Kick-off will be in about an hour and a half. <laughs> um, we're recording this Wednesday night, so I probably won't be awake when the, when the rugby's on to, um, on Thursday night. I will be catching up on some very much needed sleep. But we're going to kick off. We're going to do our Super League predictions. We've sort of discussed the league a little bit in the in terms of where we think the teams are going to finish. And we're going to go through it just like we did with the championship. Team by team, bottom to top. There might be a few surprises. You probably will agree with most of what we say, I would have thought. I don't think it's a very difficult league to predict this year. Are you two sort of in agreement with that?
1: I think it gets fuzzy between third and maybe sixth, and then between seventh and ninth. But yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, Toby. It's,
1: yeah, it's an easier than maybe easier than the Championship in some respects.
0: Yeah, only, obviously only 12 teams as well. So the main, the the first question is though, um, obviously, who do we think is getting relegated? And we've spoke, we spoke about this towards the end of last season live. We spoke about this quite a bit during the off season privately, and we've mentioned it. We mentioned it back in episode one, and episode two, when you went to see this team play. Wakefield are going to finish bottom of the league. They have one of the weakest squads in the league. They've, they haven't they have really, in my eyes, improved their squad. They've lost Joe Westerman, they've lost Joe Arundel, they've lost Kyle Wood, Chris Green, Alex Walker, and they haven't re-signed Ryan Hampshire. But they have brought in Tom Lynam, Lee Gaskell, Liam Hood, Sadek Adebayi and Corey Hall. They've lost seven, they've signed five. Have they improved? Toby, would you say they've improved as a team or...? In fact, probably just got worse or stagnated.
2: Yeah, I think at minimum they've stagnated. Um, I, 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 I don't think they've. Um, I definitely don't think they've improved. Um, it's, it doesn't look promising for Wakefield. Am, I'm not convinced by Willie Poaching being their, their coach. I think it's quite. It's something where it worked for a couple of games towards the end of the season, where teams around them are tired and, and things, and you can't really predict what's going up. You know can't really say much about the results because a lot of teams already secured their fate for the season um and yeah it's i just don't think it looks promising for wakefield at all there's not there's been no point during the off season where i've wanted to pay attention to what wakefield have been doing um and i think that's the biggest teller that they that they're not going to stay up this season
0: yeah the one thing that surprises me is that they haven't re-signed alex walker as a team that's really only got Max Jowett at fullback, they're going to be short at fullback if he gets injured. And Alex Walker is still young enough to develop and turn into a, a good quality fullback. We know that fullbacks nowadays, there's not many good young fullbacks. They're all developed and they've all got plenty of years and plenty of games under their belt. The lads on trial in, at a championship club. And they haven't re-signed Ryan Hampshire either. You're not the, like we're not the biggest fan of some of these players we're mentioning, but they're key to Wakefield, aren't they?
1: Yeah, I think like to to be a, a Super League side, you, you need more than just one or two players. And, and really, the only player in that Wakefield side that you would think about poaching is um, is probably David Fafita. And even even he isn't a, a player that's. Um, you know, he's not he's not one of the best props in the league. Well, he's one of the best props in the league, but you, you, I don't think you'd actually want him in, in your team because I don't think he'll... He's not that great, do you know what I mean? So, um, yeah, you, you can't carry this this team on his back. And Like you said, they've, they've not retained well and that's probably a reflection on poaching as well. Players know when um, you know they're not going to try and sign for the team that they think is going to go down. So, they've voted with their feet there a bit as well
0: yeah they really need mason lino to and david Fofita to sort of run this team don't they that you then they're, they're going to have to rely on Reese line and tom Lyon on one edge bill tupo and tom Johnston. like they're back they their center they set their three quarters their wings and their centers they're, they're pretty solid like you take that any i think most super league teams would take tom Johnston, tom Lyon Reese line and, and and another center like i know they've got bill tupo in there but most teams would take what, two a couple of them in their squad. They wouldn't be starting. That's not a, that's not a fantastic starting back four or whatever. But it it's they're players that you'd rather have as a second or third choice. A lot of their players are, aren't they?
2: Yeah, I think a theme that sort of, especially a team, you know, the teams that I've sort of looked into, a theme that I could bring up with a couple of teams um, throughout this preview is the fact that you look at the players who have moved around the championship this season. Yeah. Brandon Pickersgill, you look at Jerry LeLua coming into the championship, Caleb Aikens going going into the championship. It's very hard to say that you that team has has had a good pre season where they've let players like that go to the championship and that championship clubs are more attractive than a super league club um, to those players and that just makes me sort of really worry about the future of that club as a super league club.
0: Yeah, that's and and we were we were very adamant. Like we said, like, who's going to finish last? And all three of us at the same time went Wakefield, and we were we said we said the same thing about the team we think is going to finish in eleventh as well. Like Toulouse, they're a strong team, really good team, but they've only got twenty six registered players. That that's gonna they're gonna struggle this year, aren't they, Robin? Especially with the the vaccination status on a lot of their players that we're not sure about yet, and players that. Like, Jonathan Ford no longer with the team, having been released as well?
1: Yeah, that's that's the biggie for me. Jonathan Ford's, Ford's not going to be there. He, he's been a part of that team for such a long time. And he was part of the sort of... It gave him the momentum to get promoted. So then to finally get here, and um, obviously it's his personal choice about the vaccinations, but... It's a shame. It's it's really it really is. Um, and like you said, they've not got the deepest squad. They're already going to be um, under the pump, to, to then also be running so thin. It's um, yeah. It's 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 difficult. I mean, they have got stars in there. They have, like Mark Carrillo is a great player. Dom Peru is a great player. Um, Pellissier, Hansen, They've got Super League experience. Um, so so you'd like to think that um, they can they can beat Wakefield. That's why I think they are ahead of Wakefield. But they're definitely an at-risk team. They definitely need to um, bolster their squad ASAP.
0: Yeah, they've got Matty Russell in there, Gadwin Springer, James Cunningham, Joseph Paulo, Mitch Garbutt, Tony Gigo. There's players they have, like you said, they're star players and they're 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 household names now that that any rugby league fan that watches Northern Hemisphere Rugby League will recognise. But they've got players in there like luttrell uh and if i'm saying it wrong i apologize uh Schweinkel and matthew jusson these are young players that haven't played at the highest level anywhere and might struggle when it comes to playing even the teams that we've got finishing seventh to tenth like i won't say those teams names but the teams we've got finishing seventh to tenth are potent- are going to be looking for playoff places if towards the end of the, well towards the middle of the season yes they might slip off towards the end but they're going to be fighting I don't think Toulouse, along with Wakefield, are going to be able to fight a lot this year. They're going to get put to the sword quite a bit. Yes, they'll shock a few teams, but that'll be when teams rest players, won't it?
1: Yeah, but I mean, being real realistic, they, we just want them to survive this year. So, yeah. like, if they, if they come 11th, I'll be happy because I, I want to see this team in Super League. And um, then they can build from there, but... Um, yeah, that, that's the main goal. So it's no disrespect putting them down in eleventh and not making the playoffs. We're, we're absolutely fine with it. I, I just want to see them survive.
0: Yeah, Toby, you're in that you're in that sort of category as well. We need we need to lose in Super League, don't we?
2: Yeah, absolutely. There was talk for years about how um, the only solution to, especially a French TV deal, but also a European TV deal, was to be able to sell the sell a French derby. Um, and I think you've started to see now that 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 there is an interest now in Super League from um, a more global uh, media um, perspective. And I know that's sort of looking at it very much like, other than the fact they're just a fun team um, who have been doing some great things and contribute greatly to the French national team as well. Um, but it is just it is just great for the game to have that Toulouse and Catalan's um, pair in Super League.
0: Yeah, definitely. And like you said, Robin, no disrespect having them down in 11th. I think if they'd have kept Jonathan Ford, Ford, we could have argued they might be they might be tenth, but that's a huge loss. They Jai Hitchcocks has gone to Lee, Bastion Adair's gone to Limo and Raimi Castie's retired. Yeah, they've brought in the likes of Hankinson, Russell, Springer, Cunningham and and a, a Belmas from Lesignon. But not like there's players that signed for Lesignon this year that we were like that surely we'd they'd rather play in Toulouse, right? We were looking at um the name has gone from my head. Remind me. Uh, James Maloney. We were looking at James Maloney going, why is he going to Lesignon? Like, if Catalan don't want him, he'll fly, he'll he can still play in France if he wants to and play for Toulouse. And I'm sure Toulouse wouldn't mind if he wanted the odd week off. Like, because they know that even if they have him for half the season, they'll stay up because he's that much of a quality player. But maybe there's just not the money there. We, we need to, we won move on though. Tenth. Toby, this is one of the teams that sort of you had to focus on the off season and the team that you're a little bit excited about but due to one particular player um, Salford in 10th
2: yes Salford in 10th they have had a complete change of spine um, at least uh, in the in the halves and fullback position um, with Brodie Croft Mark Sneed, and Ryan Brealey coming in uh, to take the 1-6 and 7 jerseys and that's where my real excitement comes from is, is Brody Croft. Um he's a player who at Melbourne was looking very, very promising. Took big money deal to go to Brisbane. Had didn't work out for him in a team that's been falling apart falling apart around him. Um he's very quick. He has got a mind for rugby league. He does he does think about the space around him, he's just struggled to sort of find it. And I feel like that's almost the position that Jackson Hastings was in when he joined Salford. Uh, different coach now, but I think there's the potential for it to really be a great place for Brodie Croft to to grow and thrive in this Salford team. Um, aside from that, I think their 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 forwards do look a little bit thin. Um, you've got Sita Kowala and Greg Burke being their sort of and Elijah Taylor as their sort of starting middles. James Greenwood and Shane Wright will be their second rowers. King Vunivalu comes across from Leeds, and at the start, well, for, the, for their first week at least, um, Harvey elliott and uh, not Harvey Elliott, that's oh, called, Har- Harvey H- Levet, Harvey, Levet. <laughs> Harvey Levet and Jack—not uh, Jack, and Jack Al, enjoyed, and Jack Wells—we'll hmm. um, all sort of will all be missing from that lineup, and I think it does make them undersized. Yeah. Um, yeah so it's something where I'm not sure that there's going to be the platform. For them to to play off, um, Callum Watkins will also be missing at the start of the, for the first game of the season, and um, they you know he's going to be a key part of their backline, um, which retains top try scorer Ken CO, brings in Joe Burgess and Tim Lafai, um, but it's all sort of a question of um, will it be good enough, um, and will it be able to let Brodie Croft produce Melbourne magic rather than <laughs> Brisbane. Uh, yeah <laughs> there you go got the alliteration there. The, the alliteration is in
0: there uh players that they've lost then they've lost four halfbacks like they've lost kevin brownie retired they lost hingano's gone to lee lola has gone to huddersfield and deck patton has gone to bradford like four halfbacks <laughs> to go in one in one in one off season robin that's risky business isn't it we discussed this about yeah. one of the championship teams but that's risky
1: yeah it is, it is um but having said that i mean i look at at their fullback ryan really brodie croft and then mark sneed i think that i think that's an upgrade so i think when you look at those three players um Sneed's obviously the organizer the the kicker um Brearley's great off the cuff so he's going to be um a great third option and croft um at first receiver you'd like to think that um he can do well. So I, I don't think that's the concern. Um I, I like the I like Ken Cho, I hope he has another good season. Uh, and, and Joe Burgess as well. We've seen him I mean it's a while ago now, but hopefully he can find that form when he's when he's got um, those two half half-backs that can, can deliver him ball in space. It's the the concern is, is up front for me.
0: Yeah, players that haven't got a starting thirteen jersey in the backs: Morgan Esqueray, Dan Sargentson, Matty Costello, Reese Williams, Chris Atkin. Like, and then, and that's that's a really solid like backup as well. Like, you're happy with that back five as a lower level champ, a lower level Super League side. But like you said, up front is their problem. Jack Omenroyd, Jack Wales, Josh Johnson, King Vunieyawa, Sam Luck, Sam Luckley, Danny Addy. They're going to have to do huge shifts off the bench and potentially start when greg burke shane wright james greenwood might might not be might not be fit throughout the season and that's where that's why they're so low down our table because they don't have the forward pack to compete like the team we have in ninth like ian watson's side in huddersfield giants they have lost eight players they've lost eight but their squad is huge they have a 36 man squad Last year they, would had 40, they had 40 players in their team. That's ridiculous. You can't argue that they don't have any depth. They've brought in Chris Hill. They've brought in Nathan Mason. And they've brought in Lollahia and Farge. Will Price has been given the number one jersey. Ian Watson and Luke Robinson have a beautiful team, in my opinion. But we just don't think they're going to get them playing right, do we really? They have to, sort, they have to do something special. To beat the teams above them every week and be consistent, they have to do something special. You and Toby, the fact that Jack Cogger hasn't been given a starting shirt, the fact that neither of the senior boys have been given a starting shirt, Adam Adam O'Brien hasn't been given a starting shirt, Joe Greenwood, Matty English, uh, Ika Hififo. Like these players are players that would have started for Huddersfield last year.
2: Yeah, like the best, the best. some of the best games I've seen Huddersfield play in recent times was with one of the senior brothers on the wing or you know, um, some of these players who are, seem to be in the low 20s in, the, in their starting number I know that doesn't that doesn't mm. mean much but it seems to be that they're putting players like Ashton Gold in there saying that he's more valuable to us as a winger than the senior brothers mm. and that it's something that feels quite strange to me to see because it kind of feels like they're pushing against their young talent coming through, and they're not committing to their young talent. And I think that's where Leeds have had great success recently. It's where Wigan have had great success recently, is they've gone to these young players. You've had three, you've had a good half season for us off, you know, in those lower squad numbers. Now, you, and you've proven that you can play in that sort of top 17. Mm. And I don't, I think there's a hesitancy to do that at Huddersfield. Um, I think it's quite an ageing team, really, if they're going to play. Anything close to one to seventeen, um, and yeah, it's not looking. It's just looking like they're confused um, about what they want to do this season.
0: Yeah, we know that we we probably know they're not going to play one to seventeen because Leroy Kudjo wants to play with number twenty-one on his back. Adam O'Brien's going to want to play with nineteen on his back, and those players we know are going to are probably going to be in that seventeen-man squad. Will Price been given the number one jersey? I'm really excited about that. I'm happy that Jacob Wardle's got number three, but like you said, aging squad. Do you think that the excitement of Will Price will distract the fans from the the age of this team? It's it's last it's last chance for uh, Kajo and McGilvray and Chris Hill and Michael Lawrence and Chris McQueen and Luke Yates. It's it's their time. They've got to do it this year, but we can't. They're not. They're not going to do it, are they?
1: Uh, yeah, I don't think so. I mean, um if you look at like Huddersfield over the last couple of seasons, they've had some rough years and um when Chris Doman was there, um, I think he sort of he recognised that and so he did give um lots of game time to a lot of the youngsters. Um and that's why we got the senior brothers. That's why um we've got Will Price. So like you're saying, it seems strange that they've sort of they're undoing the hard work by then replacing them with um like old players it's just a sh- another short-term solution um I, personally i don't see i don't see that the the players are brought in like like you said chris hill and I, I don't see that he's got it in him to to lift this side um the gil it and and uh could i mean they've been there for years and they haven't been they haven't hit that form that they did um back in sort of 2015 so i think i think you're right i think they should be looking towards the future so so it does concern me that this is the the squad that they've chosen to go with
0: yeah the only positive for them is the fact that they have got such a big team so they're not going to be they're not going to worry when it comes to injuries they're not going to have to potentially play players that have never played super league before i think everyone that's got a squad number other than four academy products has played super league rugby that's huge to have thirty-six players in your squad that have played that level of rugby means that they can be trusted. Yeah, it's and there's safe. a what... yeah, it's a safe team, and yeah. we hope for the Huddersfield Giants' fans' sake that they play better than what we think they will. But
1: it's they just... a safe team, like you said, that they're gonna they're gonna get through the season. They're not gonna go down. It's a safe team. The only exciting thing in there is Will Price, but is he <laughs> enough to add a spark to this? pretty
0: bland theme. yeah we'll find out in about four weeks time when <laughs> he's being nudged as potentially an NRL move if he, if he, he's either going to rip it up and be in the NRL in two years or he's going to turn out like Oli Ashwell-Bot and struggle for championship t- sides and because he's picked up an injury and whatever we move on though to a team that we struggled to place so we, were, we were looking at this squad and we were going they might even finish as high as fifth they might even finish tenth like we don't know but they've brought in Luke Gale, they've brought in Darnell McIntosh, Joe Leverdew has um, just signed. Congratulations to him, by the way, he's just got engaged. And the, one of the oddest signings I've seen, Kane Evans has signed Hull FC 8th. Take it away, Robin. They're your team. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. I mean, um, like this links well to Huddersfield because Darnell McIntosh is one of those players that came through that rough period at Huddersfield mm. and they've let him go but I mean a great signing for Hull FC I, I really like him I think he's really exciting um, so, so that's that's definitely uh, an improvement um, from like uh, the, what well, they lost um, for Ima and Fenua, but I definitely think that Macintosh um, is an improvement um, Kane Evans again it's an odd one I mean he's, he's massive so he's gonna he's gonna lay a platform he's gonna be able to punch through the defense but his um, discipline is, is a massive issue, so um, you know he's is, is a risk. He's a, a real risk. Um, but then, uh, obviously, Luke Gale coming in from Leeds. Um, for me, I don't, I don't, I don't really rate Luke Gale. I don't think Leeds got the best out of him. I think after that mint year he had at Cass, we've not seen the best of him. But maybe he can do it at LFC. But um, I, I feel like. Um Paul FC probably got him on a bit of a deal after the way it <laughs> finished with Leeds. Um, is he an upgrade on Snead? I, I don't know. I, I rate them at, at about the same, I guess. Um, at least Snead is like a very, very consistent kicker. Um, yeah, so I think it's um, it's an interesting squad. They've, they've obviously they've kept like the main the main star Jake Connor. Um, if he can keep his discipline up um he, he, he could have a good year um josh reynolds i really rate him so um hopefully he can have a, a good season as well um but overall it's not too much change for FC, and so that's why i don't think that we'll see a massive difference from the, the team that we saw last year
0: no not at all toby the hull fc forward pack is one of the biggest probably most powerful you're going to get this year Liggy Sow, Danny Houghton, Chris Sartai, Andre Savillo, Manu Mao, Jordan Lane, you throw in Joe Cater, Kane Evans, Brad Fash, Jack Brown, Jordan Johnson, Josh Bowden, Scott Taylor. That is a pack. Josh Griffin obviously can play in the second row as well. They're not gonna they're not gonna struggle going forward. And they've got a quality they've got quality in the halves. They've got Jamie Shaw probably gonna start the season at fullback with the Jake Connor injury. The likes of Ben McNamara, Joe Loverdue has come in. Cameron Scott, Connor Win, youngsters in behind them that have played. Once again, they've got a they've got a twenty nine man squad. Youngsters that have played that can come in, replace players that might be injured or need a rest. But like we said, not too much change. Brett Hodgson's been there a year now. Not a lot changed last year. Is the fact that he's going to have had a whole year with this team. They're not going to and. After he's taken out the players he doesn't want, he's brought in players he does want. Does that make them a force to be re- a, like maybe an underdog or force to be reckoned with? Because we thought they they could be a playoff team.
2: Yeah, it's it's a hard it's a hard one to call. Um, they're all players who seem to n- not play with structure uh, or, or not. Rebel against structure. Hmm. Um, maybe Luke Gale's sort of the, the force that comes in and changes that. You talk about the massive forward pack. I think I just have to refer to what Kane Evans once wrote on his wrist for a game um, to say this kind of attitude. To say the kind of attitude that. Um, to say the kind of attitude that. Um, Google it.
0: Yeah, if you don't know, Google it. Because if I, if he says it, if Toby says it, that's a lot more. a lot more editing work for me to do, and there's just oh, it's not worth it. No, I'm not going to say it, I was just saying that that's
2: the whole FC might be, might be coming in with and I think, I, I don't know, I feel like they're a team of individuals um, I don't think Hodgson managed to pull them together as a team um, last season we'll see what happens this season um, as you say, he's got some players he wants in there he's got an uh, experienced half-back uh, who, who's played in a d- different style to the way Sneed plays May- maybe it's a positive change I think it's... But I, I personally just think that this squad looks very similar to last season's on on the whole um, and that it's not really going to be much of an improvement from them.
0: No, obviously the, the faithful will be hoping that they can finish above their their city rivals in Hull KR who had a really fantastic run last season. And if you and we said if we put the squads next to each other, they're really similar. But we don't have Hull KR finish in 7th. We've got Cass finish in 7th. Like... That's a huge, huge drop in terms of that cast team. Like, a few years ago, we'd have been saying, oh, they need to be finishing top three. They need to be guaranteed playoffs every year. But that's just not them. Like, they've not been classy cast for since they made the grand final. They've been nowhere near it. They've made so many changes this year as well. Lee Radford's come in with Andy Last, and they've signed... they've signed so many players they've signed they've brought nine in they've got rid of Foster they've got rid of Senning Lefeo Millington and Shenton retired Beannick went to London Broncos and Matauti and Oliver Holmes buggered off to Warrington Wolves do you think they are they going to regret getting rid of any of those players
2: they've lost three second rowers and their solution in the second row is bringing in Kenny Edwards and moving Adam Milner to the edge for the first time in his career um I think that we spoke about the excitement that Alex Sutcliffe brings to yeah. to that pack. Um and there's a potential that Kenny Edwards and Alex Sutcliffe could build a very um entertaining second row partnership. Um but I think that they've lost they've they definitely lost some of their consistency um in the second row. As for the sort of the rest of the team, um E Radford built his prime Hull FC team <laughs> with a with a sprinkling of in that. I actually think that what we're going to see from Lee Radford is good rugby league and I think that it's going to be actually a relatively 7th place finish where they come out of the season saying we're just one position away or we're just two two players away from pushing on. I think one of those positions is going to be half back. Gareth O'Brien, Jake Truman look like the likely half partners with Callum McLelland um, actually being missed out of the, uh, the matchday squad for the first round, and Danny Richardson, you know, he was out of favour last year. We'll see. Sort of, maybe he's had a good preseason. Um, obviously, Paul McShane had the season of his life last season, and is going to be trying to guide that pack, which now has both, you know, has Joe Westerman, and um, sort of what other bit at the back of the scrum. Um, I think George Lawler comes into that pack as well. Um, I think it, they've got enough size there. Um, you know, when you get you talk about Matagi as well, um, in that sort of deeper squad. So that I think they've got the, the, the foundations of a strong squad. But I don't see the players who are just going to make line breaks, find cut out passes, you know, this kind of thing. If Jake Truman is back to his best, then potentially. But I, based on what we saw last season, I think they really are missing something in that spine. To, rip, to push them into
0: the, the top six. Yeah, 100%. That, and that's why they're down just outside the top six is because they have a really inex... Well, they, they're not inexperienced. They're just not amazing halves. Like, Gareth O'Brien has been given the number 31 shirt and he's not going to start ahead of 9 levels. They've got two quality fullbacks at the club. But they're gonna put they've put Truman at six. Fair enough, he's done well. He earned he's earned it. Danny Richardson was not amazing at Saints, and he hasn't been amazing at Cass. Callum McClelland has come in and he hasn't really played, and that's why they're they're so they're so low down. Yes, they've got Jason Gary Gary, Sasaya Fecky, Louis Peachy, Chase Blair, Greg Eden, like these guys, James Clare, like they have got a they've got so many out the side backs. Like, yeah. so many. But the player that stands out for me is Jake Mamo. He's going to be pivotal for that team. He has to stay injury-free, doesn't he, Robin?
1: Yeah, yeah. Jake Mamo is definitely, um, definitely the sign of the season for the Caps. I think if you look at the team, um, they've been in a bit of a steady decline under Darrell Powell and um, it, it had the potential this year to be, um, you know, Changing, changing from Daryl Powell and a load of players went and followed him. We've had quite a few retirements. Um, uh, I've forgotten the uh, I've M- forgotten M- Millington, Millington
0: and Shenton have both retired. Sh-
1: that's it. Shenton, the captain as well, so another like big cultural change at the club. But I, I do think that that Lee Radford's um, good enough to do the job. Um, I think a lot, a lot rests on Jake Truman's shoulders. I think um, it was he's obviously had. Um, Injuries all of last year, um, but I think a lot rests on him in this team. Like you said, um, yeah, it's gonna. I, I, it's not. It's not very exciting. Hopefully that they can just um, get by this year. I mean, it's um, we've put them in seven. Hopefully they can get by and, and build from there. But um, again, it's another. It's quite an aging squad. There's, there's not really any winners in that team if, if you look at it from that point of view. There's. There's there's experience, but there's no there's no winners. So, yeah, it's going to be an, an interesting year. I, I could I could see it being totally derailed if it wasn't for Lee Radford. Um, mm. So that's that's at least the positive that Cast fans can cling to.
0: Yeah, hundred percent. The next the next sort of few spots we we hard, We were like, should this team finish as high as what we think? Like, I thought that they weren't as good as potentially Cass and Hull FC. We were argu- We were not arguing, but we were discussing sort of just real quickly, like not in depth about the next sort of team up. And the main reason they're as low as 6th is because of the new head coach. But the reason they're as high as 6th is because of the quality of player that they possess. Wigan Warriors, 1-17, to well arguably you include Ethan Havard, Pierce, Paul, Jai Field in there and Hanley. But like one to 21, outside of their first, their top 21 man squad, or whatever strong, whatever Pete deems to be his strongest 21 man squad, it's not amazingly deep, and it's not doesn't seem like it's going to do amazingly well. Play, lots of players, very important players, have either left or retired again. Hastings and Guildup both have gone to the NRL. Manfredi's retired, which is really unfortunate because been he was outstanding. When he was free, when he was injury free, Tony Club has retired. Amir Burra's gone to Salford. Bullock's gone to Warrington, and then Matty Nicholson and Alex Sutton, two young lads, have gone on loan to Newcastle. They've brought in Cade Ellis. They've brought in Patrick Margot, and they've brought in Cade Cust, all from the NRL. Toby, you're excited about these NRL players, but you're also a bit wary of, especially Patrick Margot, aren't you? Or-
2: I mean, I think that all three of them are fringe NRL players, and all three of them have been lost in the shuffle in the NRL. I don't think any of them are in are NRL rejects. I don't think that that's fair to say that these are players who weren't performing in the NRL. They were players who Cade cursed. He couldn't. He had an injury which stopped him being an effective halfback in the NRL. Manly only liked him at hooker, um, and there wasn't a spot for him there. He wants to play halfback. He will score tries because he's small, he's agile, he's you know he's quick, he's nippy. But it's worrying um, if he'll be able to sort of play those distributing the, the first receiver role, distribute the ball out wide. Um, Margo and Alice, they're both solid forwards. I don't think they'll do much wrong. But you compare that to you know um, an Alex Wormsley or Luke Thompson when he was in Super League. They're not going to be those players who are make who are crashing the the meter making records, um, you know they're not. I think they will be solid. I don't think they'll do much wrong. It's just something where I don't think it's a an ambitious signing. Um, in fact, it's quite funny when you look at the losses and they've kind of got like for like replacements almost wow. in each place where you can say that Margot and Alice come to re- replace Club and Bullock. Um, Thornley comes to replace Gildart uh Miski comes to replace um Manfredi Manfredi and then and then Cus comes to replace Hastings um and I find it strange that there's it's almost feels as if they've just rinsed and repeating last season under an unproven head coach but they're doing it with play, with and Ian Thornley who was alright for Lee
0: there yeah, he, was, he also, was nothing special for a, a early team that got relegated last season Hardacre will fit in at centre again. He's going to be their main goal kicker. They've got Thomas Lulua who's now going into his 20th professional rugby league season. We know for a fact that this team is nowhere near the team that Sean Wayne led to multiple titles. But it's got Matt Peter's head coach, it's got Lee Briers and Sean O'Loughlin as the assistant coaches. Do you think they tried to have that cultural reset and they've gone back to the old sort of Sean Wayne-esque sort of mentality or do you think this is going to be Matt Pete coming in with his own style and it's going to go either wrong or right? Like, I think, for me, in my head, I think it's going, trying to go back to the Sean Wayne-esque and pray that it works. But it it could be something totally, it could be something totally different, couldn't it, Robin?
1: Yeah, it's, it, this is another club that's sort of been a bit of a transition and um, you look at the players that they've lost and um they haven't they haven't really improved on them uh, with their signings I think it's interesting what you say about Matt Pete um he's come through the Wigan system as well so he's mm. he's relative, relatively untested so um they must they must see something in him um that, it probably suggests to me that it, it, they're going for like the Wigan style so mm. maybe back to that Sean wayne Wayne style um it'll, it'll be interesting to see see how he goes um but like you say, it's not this isn't an exciting Wigan side for me. I I am interested to see how Cade Cus goes. And um and your mate, Abbas Miski, that you gave high rats. I like Wigan him some, um, some first first team game time. So um but yeah, another another transitionary season and, and difficult to, to quite say how it's gonna go.
0: Yeah, before we move on to the team in fifth, I just wanna point out that Jai Field for Wigan this year. He has to stay injury free. It was heart—it was heartbreaking to see him do his hamstring in his first game and miss the majority of last season, if not all of last season. I can't remember when he came back. Kai Pierce Paul has had a year of Super League under his belt. He's going to have to play really well. Havard Partington, Burn—they are they're players that are going to really, really have to like mature. They struggled last year controlling themselves. They got into a little bit of an argument. They get—they got into handbags. And ultimately, that's where Wigan lost games, is because they're the inexperience of of their team. Harry Smith, I feel for him a little bit, because I feel like he deserves to start. But he's not going to play ahead of Cust or Luluai or Powell if, if they shift anyone else around, is he?
2: There's a strong potential that without Bevan French in the first few weeks that there is some sort of shift which sees Field play in the back line, mm. um, and you see Smith and Cust 6-7 uh, and seven with Nudoi coming off the bench as a hooker. Um, that's that's the, what I like the sound of mm. um, to an extent. Um, I think Harry Smith, I think that's the thing, is the, the, the Wigan way, per se, is one where pretty much everyone numbered 14 to 25 is going to pull is going to play for the badge and like with unrivalled passion and that's what was missing last season um, we saw it sort of in Sean Wayne's last season we saw Oliver Parsons I think it was play phenomenally Looked like he was gonna be the next Alex Walmsley and then under Adrian Lamb just sort of level out and I think that's where it's really gonna matter is Morgan Smith Oliver Parsons and Harry Smith are these Academy players going to push on to become starters by the end of the season and if they don't then I don't think that the experience in that in that starting 13 will carry Wigan uh, into the top five um, which is why I, I suggest they go sixth and um, sort of concur on that.
0: Yeah 100% like we said it was really difficult to sort of pick the teams from sixth to ninth we felt that the, that Wigan's sort of experience and the way they might play with a new coach could put them lower we might put them a little bit higher and it was really difficult to sort of pick that middle one to three. We found quite easy. Twelve to ten, we found pretty easy. But that middle is—it's not going to. I—I'll be honest. I don't think it's potentially going to look like it's going to look totally different to what we predicted. But we believe that that's the, this is the strength and the the order of the strength of the teams that that we have. I don't. I just think we know that it's going to look so different. And if it is right, well done to us for getting it right, like without much looking at the team in fifth though. It's it's the last team that I sort of looked at a little bit. And it's a team that I like. I like this Warrington Wolves side. Yes, they aren't... They haven't changed loads. But they've made changes that needed to be made. The Jake Mamo loss is huge for them. But I feel Blake, Austin, Tom Linen, Sammy Kabula, Akiwala, and Pat Moran. Their time was sort of up. They'd done their shift. They played well. But they couldn't quite do it. Every year is Warrington's year. And... We know that it's going to be difficult for them. They've brought in Peter Matautia. They've brought in Oliver Holmes. Greg, Greg Minikin has come from Hull KR. Joe Bullock and Billy Magulias have strengthened that forward pack. And James Harrison, probably a sign in that Fev, probably really didn't want to let go. If they'd have got promoted, he would have stayed, no doubt. But he's he's come up to Super League now. and They're, they're forwards. They're so deep in the forwards. But if they, if they get an injury, if they get two injuries in the backs... You're looking at playing Josh Thewlis and Connor Wrench in, in the centres and fullback after potentially six weeks. That's where that's going to let them down, isn't it? They don't have enough backs, do they?
1: No, I think, I think you're right. I think that's a very fair assessment. Um, the the backs are lacking. I mean, um, and the, to be honest, they're not my favourite. Like you say, there's a big hole there where Jake Marmode left. I think the, the most exciting thing for me is um, Widow from Williams and I know I, I said it when, when George first came over halfway through last year, and I don't think we really saw the best of them. But, I mean, really, they're, they're two like, international quality halfbacks. So, mm. um, with, with such a good platform in the forwards, you'd like to think that they can really um, shift the ball around and, and win some games. It's just whether they've got the outside backs to, to do the job for them. I, I mean, Stephen Ratchford is, has been a great player for a really long time. But um, he's sort of, you know, he's, he's he's getting older. His his influence on the games declining, and and when you get to that, when when you sort of take that into consideration, the the strongest um, back for me is Toby King. I I just think one centre's not really enough.
0: No, Peter Matuidi comes in. He's given the number three shirt, but he can play fullback, stand off. Like he's very versatile. Again, Ratchford, fullback, stand off, scrum half loose forward he could probably play hooker if you really asked him to the players that they have from 14 down or 14 up if you're looking at shirt number jason clark joe bullock danny walker matt davis billy mcgulius rob Mohan, james harrison greg minikin from 14 to 21 solid really solid super league experience can be trusted to play you know they're going to be able to put pull on a shirt from there you've got josh Thewlis, conor wrench ellis longstaff ellis robson Rob Butler comes in, a former London lad. Uh, Riley Dean and Aribe Doro. Jacob Gannon is also there. Morgan Burgess and Tom Whitehead, three academy lads. 31-man squad, deep enough. Daryl Powell has a huge job to do. After losing his job at Cass and seeing the steady decline that Cass had, he has to do a fantastic job this first year, doesn't he? You
2: think of the way... Daryl Powell had Luke Gale playing in that in that season when Cass got to the grand final, George Williams under Daryl Powell's coaching could be double that player um, and that is the thing, that is the only reason I'm interested in Warrington this year is because I do have a real soft spot for George Williams since seeing him tear up the NRL with Canberra as a sort of player that no one really knew um, every, I agree with sort of everything the two of you have said about Warrington, and uh, but and that that for me is the one thing. Is I don't care who's around him. I, I think George Williams is genuinely, you know, if he performs at his best under Daryl Powell, I think it's like a guaranteed man of steel waiting. So, it's uh, get that Good in as well. That's a, that
0: is a shout and a half. That is that is an absolute yeah. shout. Uh, does one of you want to ask me if it's Warrington's year before we move on?
1: <laughs> I already know the answer.
0: Go on, <laughs> go on.
1: Is it Warrington's year? No, it's not. <laughs> of course it's not.
0: Of course it's not. It's never gonna, they're never going to win it. Warrington are going to be the only team to play in Super League in its entirety until the, until there's an, a name change or the structure change and Super League name goes that will be in it from the start to the finish and never win it. And never win. They're going to be the only team that doesn't get relegated and never win it.
1: The thing is, like, Warrington's goal is to is to win it and so bringing in um darryl powell he's a great coach and he can get a lot out of his halfbacks but is he is he a winner like i don't know if that was the right they'd have been
0: been better off bringing in brian mcdermott
1: yeah i exactly who i was going to go for because this is a team that wants to get over the final hurdle not get to the grand final they've got to actually win one
0: (laughs) yeah darryl powell got to a grand final and didn't win it because his players let yeah. because his but arguably I'd say his players let him down on that. I don't know if that was Daryl Powell's fault particularly, and that's that's a totally different story that we should have, should have talked about four years ago or five years yeah. ago when it happened. But Daryl Powell has been has struggled with the with that cast recently, and I think he needs to get the best out of the players that he's got, especially his his best nineteen, because they're the players that he's going to need every week consistently. Fourth place now is a team that. Played unreal last season and shocked us, and we were like, we were all on the hype train, and we were praying that they got to the grand final. We were praying that they'd they'd shock one of Saints or Catalan or whoever in the, uh, Old Trafford. But Hull KR fourth place. Only the players that I look at and go, okay, they probably didn't really need to get rid of them are Greg, Greg Minikin and George Lawler, players that. Played for them a bit, consistent enough, did the job they were asked to do. They never really started, they weren't key to them. But they've replaced them with Lachlan Coote, Sam Wood, Frankie Holton, Tom Garrett, and then Phoenix Lalu Tongalai has come in from Keithley on a on a one year loan. Toby, you're happy with the signings of Frankie Holton, aren't you?
2: Yeah, Frankie Frank Holton and Tom Garrett. They're both they're both the kind of players where I think they're at a point where you've basically picked up a player fresh out of a youth, like not out of a youth academy, but a player who's got senior experience, who if he was in your youth academy, would be coming fresh out of your youth academy. Yeah. Already put, got those games in the belt. They're both powerful players. And yeah, they're both potentially really exciting as depth players for whole KR. As for the rest of the squad, I'm a little bit worried about them being a bit slow at centre with Takarangi and Kenny Dowling. <laughs> they play a full season uh, as centres. I think they might be a little bit slow so same goes that sort of if you look across the whole team ryan hall isn't 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 that fast anymore maybe it's just sort of maybe it's just sort of the style of play um lachlan coote obviously an incredible signing and jordan abdul had an incredible season mike lewis produced some incredible moments and those two as a halves combo have the potential to be the best halves combination also have the potential to just be one year wonders (laughs) <laughs> um, but we want to ride this train because I think Tony Smith does an incredible job of saying these are the players I can get. Mm. This is what they're good at. I'm gonna make. I'm gonna make them play play the way they want to play. And it's not even that. When I read out these players' names, I, d- I don't actually get excited for them because I remember them doing incredible things as individuals. Yeah. I just know that as a team, this whole KR team is going to upset teams and they're going to play well and they're going to be solid defensively under Tony Smith. And that's just exciting um, to see them sort of really potentially push into the top four.
0: Yeah, and Robin, that's, that's the difference between this whole KR side and the Huddersfield side that's ageing as well. Both the teams are probably last chance saloon sides. One's being touched, coached by David Hodgson and the other's being coached by a perennial winner, Tony Smith. Like, that's yeah. the only reason we've put, like, not the only reason, but that's one of the main reasons that whole KR for us finish as high as they do. Is Tony, it's just Tony Smith, isn't it? And, well, yeah, it, and the it, signing of Lachlan Coote, obviously.
1: Yeah, L- Lachlan Coote's massive. I think that that's... Um, I think I've, I've absolutely smashed it there. I, I love Tony Smith. I love the way that he plays. And, and all the players in this team just suit him so well. And that, that's why they did so well this last year. And personally, I say all aboard the Mikey Lewis hype train. I love him. I'm so excited to watch this guy's career. It's only just begun. He, he played a couple of games for York and he absolutely smashed it for us. And then, um, and then he turned up for OKR at the right time of the season. And he's not shy, you know. He's he's mm. only young, but and he's not the biggest guy, is he? But he's um he's he's up for the big games. He, he sticks it to the to the props in the middle and makes it hard work for them. So I, I'm I'm really excited by this OKR team. I think they're they're the people's team. We all want to see him do well again. Um, and I and I think like like we were saying with Tony Smith uh, in charge, it's absolutely doable.
0: Yeah, and they've got plenty of international talent. Lachlan coots in there. You've got uh, Takarangi and Kenny Dowler who have played internationally. Ryan Hall, Jordan Abdul was on the England books. There's, I think he's in the, the the main like the is it like the wider squad ready for the World Cup at the end of the year. You've got Kane Lynette in there. Corbin Sims, Jimmy Keinhorst, German international. Ethan Ryan, Sam Wood, Lali Tonga guy will probably get some games for Samoa when he's like in a few years time when he's a little bit older and he's got that experience underneath him young players coming in mixing with winners with a winning coach and a style of rugby that everyone likes and is defensively solid and when they've got the ball in hand is quite good it play if they don't make the playoffs that's a bad season isn't it i think
1: that's i think that's fair to say yeah it, it, i think i think you're right
0: Toby, would you agree on that? Would you? Th- you think they have to have to make the playoffs, don't they? If you're if you're a Robbins fan, you're sat there looking and you're you're licking your lips this year because you know you're better than the other two thirds of the league.
2: Yeah, um, it it's interesting, isn't it? Because it's if you didn't have such a good season last season, then you, you're happy top eight. All, all of a sudden, it's no, it's top four or bust because you know <laughs> what you're yeah, um, I, yeah, it. I think I'm a little bit worried about their half-back depth. Um, they very quickly had one injury, and Rowan Milnes is playing yeah. um, an awful lot. Um, I think, I mean, it's not on their official losses, but they had, you know, they started last season with like Jamie Ellis and Joe Keys, I think, didn't they? Yeah, they
0: did. Yeah,
2: so a little bit, um, yeah, a little bit, a little bit weak in terms of depth there. But I feel like only smith builds his players a steal and it won't be too big an issue but yeah i I think that is you know unless they get a an injury to a key position absolutely you want top four
0: yeah 100 percent. and the team that we've got finishing above them is a team that they their squad is not amazingly deep they've lost loads of players stevie ward and carl eastman both retired yes eastman didn't play a lot Sutcliffe to Cass is a huge loss, Vinaya Yawa to Salford, Harrell's gone to Saints, Luke Briscoe's gone to Fev, Robert louis has gone to the Cowboys over in the NRL, Luke Gale's gone to Hull FC, and then they've lost Corey Hall to Wakefield as well. On top of that, Callum McClellan's also left, and three youngsters, Corey Johnson, Muiiz Mustafa and Jared O'Connor have gone to Bradford on loan. Yes, those three youngsters can come back into the team if they're needed to, and they have been given squad numbers, but even with those guys in there, You've got a 32-man squad. Three of those are Levi Edwards, Ollie Field, and then Jackson Field. Three academy lads who probably aren't going to get much game time this year. Small team, but a quality team. Their letdown is going to be potentially Richard Agar, isn't it?
1: Yeah, I mean, if uh, if they had Tony Smith, then I'd be backing up for <laughs> a, a, grand final, uh, a grand final appearance. But... Yeah, I think it's uh a, a, I, I really like this lead side. Um I I watched them on Boxing Day, obviously it's a pre-season game and it was against Wakefield, but I was really impressed. I, I really like Austin and Caesar, um half backs. Um I think that I think the two quite I think they're quite close friends as well. So I feel like just that just adds that extra bit of chemistry there. They've played together in the past. Um Caesar, we've obviously seen him do well in the Super League. Um hopefully he can stay fit this year. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I really like Harry Newman I think that he's he's got to have a, a good year and I think he's got a potential to be a, a marquee player for this for, for Leeds um, or, or they'll lose him really he's that good so, so he's he's hitting his peak Um, James Bentley coming into the squad and obviously we heard the reasons why he wanted to, to join Um, was just because it's Leeds and he supports them and I think that that adds the value that it's not quantifiable but it definitely boosts the the culture and and adds that extra motivation to um, the players around him. Um, I yeah I, I like I like this Leeds side. I think it's I think it's going to be um, a, a good year for Leeds. Um, they've they've got um, Cruz Lehman and Brad Dwyer, so they've got the 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 half um, hooker role absolutely nailed on. Um, Richie Miler's obviously can come in and fill in at mm. for Jack Walker or or in the halves. So that's another. It keeps teams guessing when they're playing against them where, where's the attack going to come from, um, so just hopefully they can sort of they had some inconsistency issues last year um I think they're going I think they're going to stay on top of it now they've got Caesar and Austin but um yeah I'd like, I'd like to see a good year from Leeds. I think they've got the potential to do that
0: yeah Toby a, a signing that stands out for me isn't James Bentley because we know the reasons why he's going it's not the half backs in Caesar and Austin it's David Fizzatua. Like, that's huge. Like, he was in the, in the pre-season friendly a couple of weeks ago. The shot that he put in, he got a lot of stick for it, but it was perfectly legal. And it was like a lot of players, a lot of like people watching it going, he shouldn't have put that big of a shot on such a young kid in a pre-season friendly. But he didn't put a, a big shot on a young kid. He put a, he could put a big sh- shot on an 18-year-old making his debut. Um, yeah, that was a slip of the tongue. Um He put a big shot on an 18-year-old making his debut that decided to run straight at one of the biggest wingers and probably one potentially top try-scorer in the league this season. Alongside Ash Hanley, Harry Newman, Liam Sutcliffe, Jack Walker in four out of five of those back five are academy products.
2: Yeah. uh, David Vistua, from what I remember from his 2021 with New Zealand Warriors, the ball slipped through his fingers far too many times. (laughs) However... I've got a feeling like the Warriors maybe weren't using him for his size out wide, or they weren't using mm. him to put in huge shots like that, maybe they weren't using him to make the metres that Leeds are going to use him for. And I think, yeah, there's a reason he's been given the number two, and there's a reason you know that a team with money like Leeds who probably had other winger options have chosen him. Yeah. Um, I do want to make the note that Austin and Caesar once finished second in the NRL as a halves combination for the Canberraiders. Raiders. <laughs> um, they then lost two games in the playoffs. We don't talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, so that's an incredible partnership. But yeah, I do like this Leeds team. Um, I think that they've they've got they've maintained that Leeds academy throughout the you know coaching turmoil. And Richard Agar worries me slightly because I was really excited for him at the start of last season, and he just didn't start off on a winning run. Um, and then the team built into the season, and all of a sudden they became very hard to beat. They need to start this season hard to beat, um, if they want to have uh, you know a, a potential grand final winning season. I, I you know we'll see if it's possible as the as the year goes on.
0: Yeah, definitely. And, and I was saying four out of that back five or starting one to five are academy products. You include Mikolai Oletsky as an, another English talent. Cruz Leeming could play for England if he if he comes through. James Bentley is a Leeds Rhinos fan. Uh, Brad Dwyer, Alex Meller, Richie Myler, Cam Smith, Tom, Tom Holroyd. This is where it gets really, really interesting. Morgan Gammon, Sa- um, Sam Walters, Jack Broadbent, Jared O'Connor, Corey Johnson, Mooriz Mustafi, Liam Tindall and en- Edwards Field and Zinfield. The Leeds Academy produced loads of players that stayed at the club for over a decade and won multiple league titles. Is this a squad that Richard Agar even if he doesn't stay potentially Sean Long Jamie Jones Buchanan and whoever else follows is going to be able to keep together for over a decade yes there's going to we know there's going to be some changes here and there is it going to be a squad that's going to be stay together for another, and become a, and become another dynasty is it going to be able to win a treble in seven years time or five years time
1: i think it's um, it's, it's definitely there's definitely parallels there i think the leeds problem over the last few years since that that golden generation is every year it's oh we replaced the golden generation and it feels like we're finally getting out of that stage and they're actually Mm -hmm. looking at the players that they've got and they're they're rating them and judging them in their own right so Mm -hmm. i don't want to draw too many comparisons because i think it's been good for these to get away from them and i think that they need to write their own page in history now and not be the follow-on from the golden generation
0: yeah, i don't think this is the, necessarily the follow-on it's it, this is a new generation isn't it it's yeah it's a not... winning
1: formula what they're doing is is absolutely like you say is it's
0: they're building
1: a team that has the potential to, to have that consistency together over a really long period of time and be super successful because of it so it's it's absolutely leads are doing the right thing which you would expect from a team with so much resources and and such a massive fan base.
0: Yeah, and we changed this really late, and we thought Leeds could potentially finish second. And the only reason we haven't put them second is because about half an hour before we started recording tonight, Robin went, Can we, <laughs> is it too late to put Catalan in second? And just as I was making the graphic, I went, actually, you know what, you're probably right. Catalan Dragons, they've lost James Maloney and they've lost Joel Tompkins. Other than that, they've brought in Tyrone May from the Penrith Panthers, Dylan Napa from the Canterbury Bulldogs, and Mitchell Pierce from the Newcastle Knights. There are other than the fact that they they can be very inconsistent, and they but they, they well they used to be very inconsistent, and there's the vaccination issue going on in France. These players are going to get to a grand final if they are the same team and the same players that we had, they and, and they perform the same way they played last year, aren't they? They have to
1: yeah i i mean like you say we changed it last minute because i was thinking in my head like just rather than thinking why are good why wouldn't Catalans finish at the top of the table yeah. like it's it's impressive that a team's lost james maloney this like uh, nrl premiership winner state of origin winner and they're still like this It's not actually that affected them that much they've replaced it replaced him with mitchell pierce who's um first year in the super league but like every other really successful NRL half It's probably going to come over here and absolutely smash it. Um, I think when I when I look at the team, it's exciting. I, I, I really hope you get another good year from them. Um, I think that they, um, they actually, despite having a really good team last year, they also managed to get a load of um, young um, yeah. French players in the team. And now, they've, now they're at a position where these young French players have got experience. They've followed the team all the way up to a grand final. And so they're looking like even their backups are really, really strong. So adding to that, you've got Sam tonkins It's just like this is a, this is a team that absolutely could just do do what they did last year all over again without a question of a doubt.
0: Yeah, and one thing they don't have to do this year is travel to England once more because they've, they've got an away game in Toulouse. And so they don't have to travel as far yeah. for one of their away games.
2: Reducing the carbon footprint of Super League. Exactly.
0: They're going net zero. Um, <laughs>
1: Let's just move
2: everyone
0: to France. Hang on, all the English <laughs> teams have to fly to France. <laughs> yeah. yeah, they all have to fly to France, yeah. Oh, a bit awkward. <laughs> but like you said, they lose James Maloney who goes to Lesignon. We don't we still don't know why. Like what a mad move that is, and well done to Lesignon for Yeah, he wants to go play with Kristen Inuit in the <laughs> French league. But Mitch Pierce, despite his off field history, he's one of the best half backs that are still currently playing, isn't he? He could easily just go back to the NRL tomorrow and, and start, couldn't he, back at Newcastle?
2: Yeah, he would have been playing in the NRL this season if he didn't want the ridiculous pay packet that Catalans have <laughs> offered in. Um Weird that I think that there's a little less dynamic, uh, a few less dynamics in a pairing between Piers and Drinkwater as there was Maloney and Drinkwater. Um, I think they're both very sort of seven organised yeah. you know more game players and I think there's a chance that Tyro May or Arthur Moore end up playing alongside Mitchell Pierce after a couple after, after a few weeks of the season um, but all they've done effectively is they've got the same squad from last year they've improved on Joel Tompkins they've yeah they've improved well they've not improved but they've got the next best aging oh. and our <laughs> yeah and then, and then they've added a absolute utility player who I'm surprised Penrith wanted to let go. Um, I know those again. There was some sort of, un, you know, off, yeah, off wall issues. But it's something where I don't think that Penrith would let him go otherwise. And yeah. it's, uh, yeah, it's it's an exciting team again. Uh, really excited to see if Arthur Arthur Morgan plays even more this this season than he did last, and the impact he can have. Um, on game and yeah I I get maybe an injury to the back line starts to create a little bit of worry um, in regards to Arthur Romano and Tyron maybe their only real cover at centre and wing but other than that it's uh, it, it's it, you know we expect a repeat season from, from Catalan I think
0: yeah 100% we are praying that Catalan finish second because we love how they play and we love And we're glad that the history of Catalan being in the Super League is the way it is. And we're glad that they weren't allowed to get relegated because if they hadn't got relegated, we would never have been in this position where we're going, where we're going, oh, this is fantastic. Catalan's are one of the strongest teams in in the league. One of the, probably the strongest teams that we've ever seen come out of France. This is what PSG should have been back in the 90s. Like they shouldn't have let PSG, what happened to PSG happened. This is what PSG should have been. We should have been saying this 10 years ago, but we're finally here and I'm glad we're there. Robin, the only reason they're second is because of this Saints side. James James Bentley's gone, Joel Thompson's retired, Kevin Agama looked like he was retiring, but now he's gone to the Sydney Roosters, which is mental. Theo Farge was always going to leave, we knew that, and Lachlan Cooke's gone to Hull K.R., the only reason Lachlan Cook's gone to whole Care is because Jack Wellsby's so bloody good. It's because Johnny Lomax is so good and Will Hoppawati's come in and he can play full-back and centre and stand off and wing. Curtis Sirenan's come in, James Bell's come in, Conrad Harrell's been brought in from Leeds, so that's a swap with James Bentley, really, in terms of their, the clubs and the teams and one-for-one. One. And then Joey Lussick has come in as a, as, as a hooker as well. This team, another team, just like Leeds, where 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 9 of their 1 to 13 are academy products. And it's their strongest 13. Oh, he's gone.
1: Toby's
0: gone. Toby's gone as well. He's back. Is he back? Come on, Toby. Flip your camera on. That is shocking. Oh, you know what? This week's going to be fun. Um, I was just saying, I don't know if you heard, Toby. Nine of their 1-13 to 13 academy products at Saints. You've got Jake Winkfield, Josh Sim, Ben Davis, Dan Norman, Matty Foster, Sam Royal, Joe Benison, all in the squad, academy products. What's going on with him? So Toby. What is going on there? I'll cut it out. I'm just going to carry on recording. He's back. i time lucky. Come on.
2: I'm so sorry.
0: What is going on?
2: Like, cause everything works really, really well. And then all of a sudden the Wi-Fi's like, no, I'm weak. And then it. But it's not, like, I don't lose the Wi-Fi. I can still.
1: They do this to me on Monday. But I've
2: been lucky tonight.
0: Yeah, I don't know. I don't really know what's going on. Has he dropped out again? Is well, yeah. he frozen? I,
2: I'm, like, I'm, like, dropping in and out now.
0: Uh, that's fine but i was just saying like the majority of this saints team just like leeds is, a, is an academy product but they've always sort of been able to do that the, the, the majority of their academy products now are so, solid super league if not international level players you're looking at jack wellsby being one of the best players in the league the kids he's, he's still a kid like, he's 20 years old. He's just turned 20 years... or he's turning 21 this season. Two, Three years ago, he probably played a handful of games and people were like, oh, he could be pretty decent. You're looking at him now going, he's going to start for England in the World Cup, isn't he? Like, I would. Why would you not start? Why would you not be in your starting 13 in the World Cup?
2: Yeah, last season, painful watching him have to start on the bench.
0: Yeah, horrible.
2: And the fact that he became centre of the year because no one knew where to put him because he's played everywhere and he's played fantastic in every position and we just he had to be in there as a bench player as well yeah phenomenal we love saints uh, when they're playing at full strength and let uh, there's no reason they, they're not going to finish first
0: no and this is something we sort of spoke about in the chat earlier i think it was yesterday or the day before and Robin, you said, have we ever had a team win four grand finals in a row? Not in the Super League era, we haven't. Wigan have won seven seven old old first division titles. South Sydney won five old sort of NRL titles back in the 20s. And St George won 11 on the trot from 56 to 66. But in the modern professional era, like in terms of since the Super League wars, no team has won four grand finals in a row. This Saints team potentially wins five, six, seven, depending on how these other teams react to their dominance, don't they?
1: Yeah, they're, they're that good that it is, it's totally achievable, that, that remarkable stat. And, and to say, like, this is a salary cut sport and they've they've had a lot of changes they've had players coming in and out over that time they've just mm. had a different coach even and they're still dominant so um it's it's re- it's really impressive to see and and i think as a league we should be proud to to be able to witness this squad that it's been able to put together i think um it's actually it's actually easier when looking at their squad this year to say where's the weakness because there's that little weaknesses yeah um i mean for for me comrade hurrell's gonna be interesting this year um i don't i think he, he'll be sort of a backup player maybe coming off the bench um and i don't think we saw the best of him from leeds um towards the end and i don't think yeah and i don't think i don't think we ever, ever saw him at full fitness so i wonder if um wonder if they'll sort of get that out of him as well that'll be interesting to see um i mean yeah it's just such an exciting team i just like I, normally i would be sick of seeing such a successful side they just take over the super league but i i love him i love him i think like you say that homegrown talent is, is throughout the squad and jack wellsby is just like you know he's, he, another player it's going to be exciting to see his career um and he's totally he's, he's an improvement from Coop. you know <laughs> like you go from a man of steel and going no actually we'll take this 20 year old lad so. <laughs> Um, yeah, uh, Will Hopewright coming in at centre. Um, another another great signing. They just they somehow still improving on the squad. Um, so yeah, really exciting and and def- absolute favourites. Absolute favourites this year to win it. Yeah,
0: the the thing that I'm really happy to see is actually Lewis Dodd coming in, being given the number seven shirt. Having he, yes, he played quite a bit last year, but he's got, they've, Christian Wolf's gone. This is your shirt. Like you are the number seven for Saint Helens, there's loads of history in that shirt. Go and make it yours. Like become the next, like Hall of Fame number seven that Saints have. He's gone.
1: Gone again. He's
0: gone again. He's still got his badge rating to do. He better not leave. Like <laughs>
1: we've got one club to go, one team
2: left. Oh, I've switched to hotspot. Switch to
0: hotspot. Yeah, good idea. you, st- you switched to hotspot. I was just saying, like Lewis Lewis Dodd's been given this number seven shirt, and he's he's just he's. he's I don't know if there's even pressure on him.
2: It, it's the fact that <sighs> in the time that they've won three titles, they've gone Danny Richardson, no, I don't want you. Uh, Theo Farge, no, don't want you. Lewis Dodd, go on, we'll try you for now. Yeah, they probably will the next the next half back lined up anyway. So it, I yeah, I honestly at this point. Worst case scenario, he just makes a few, he makes 20 tackles a game. Like there's no, it just <laughs> yeah. doesn't feel uh, anything like that. Um, what I like the most about Saints this year was when they signed Will Hopuarte. I was a little bit like he doesn't have the electric pace and ability to break through tackles that Kevin Neikama um, mm. had. Yeah. So what they did was they were like, oh, we'll have Conrad Haralal, Conrad as well. And then we've <laughs> definitely got some. One of our centers is going to be fantastic. And yeah, that's that's why I think Saints are just going to be unstoppable.
0: Yeah, and these these Muhopuai, Conrad Harrell, Ignatius Parsi, these Tongan players, know Christian Wolf. They know exactly how he wants to play his rugby. It worked with Tonga. It's gonna work with Saints. It clicked. Well, it does work with Saints. As a Saints fan, I know, I'm, I'm not a Saints fan, but as a Saints fan, you have to be excited for the the next three, four, five. Well. 10 years don't you with this young squad coming through especially with the talent in their academy that always seems to produce players even if it's one a year and that one replaces say say James Roby retires this year they've got Taylor Pemberton coming through the academy in the squad this year Joey Lussick's got a three-year deal two years for Taylor Taylor Pemberton playing behind Joey Lussick and James Roby for a year and then being the backup to to Joey Lussic or maybe having a year out on loan before he comes in. Unreal. Dan Hill is being named in a number 29 shirt as another fullback. Jack Wellesby's 21 years old. Why have they got another teenage fullback? They've got two teenage fullbacks in John Bennison and Daniel Hill. Just ready to go if Wellesby gets injured or he has to play in the halfbacks. It's it's fantastic to see. They've done it well, they always seem to be doing it right, and they're in they're 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 gonna win the League Leaders Shield, they're gonna be in the grand final and you you heard it here now, they're gonna win they're gonna win the title again. They're gonna win it four years in a row and be the first Super League team to ever do it. Agreed. Totally agreed. Do you agree? Do you make that three out of three, Tobe?
2: Oh yeah. I mean the moment that you know Dan Norman, who's an ex North World Crusades player, gets into the Saints squad, they're guaranteed to win something. So <laughs> it's uh... <laughs> Yeah, yeah,
0: of course I agree. Yeah, yeah, no, it's really, really good to see. We do need to move on. This weekend is not just a Super League weekend. It's not just a Championship weekend. It's Challenge Cup third round tie weekend. I'm not going to a game, and I'm gutted. I wish I was. I can't just. I just can't get to one this week. But the two that I have been to have been phenomenal, and I hope that the rest of the fixtures are this week. We'll quickly run through sort of who's playing we won't really go into the detail of of much at all Rochdale Mayfield versus Doncaster 2pm on Saturday live on the Sportsman at 2 for a 2.30 kickoff Lock Lane look to overcome Rochdale after beating Oldham in round two Hunslet Club Parkside travel to London to face the scholars and then our only all community level side live on our league from 4pm you've got the Royal Navy versus York Acorn that's the tie that I'm most looking forward to seeing Probably Robin's most looking forward to seeing and Toby's probably most looking forward to seeing because whoever they face then has to go and face Barrow in... Oh, Batley away in round four. Hunslet have got Siddle at home, 1pm on BBC Sport on a Sunday. And then North Wales Crusaders travel to Swinton at 3pm. Six games. We'll get into that more next week once we know what the fourth round fixtures are going to be. But very, very exciting. You've got... Um, one all-league-one clash, one all-community-level clash, and then potentially five community-level teams playing championship sides in round four, which is really, really exciting.
2: Yeah, considering that there's only six games in the third round, we've talked about our frustrations of this before, <laughs> but considering that, there is, this is probably the most ideal draw. Guaranteed yeah. community side in round four, um, and then the rest of, of the rest of the chances for upset. So,
0: yeah, I mean, I'm praying Siddle upset someone. As a as a person who is fond of southern sport, I kind of hope Scholars get through. They've signed Reese Rance today, which is a massive signing for them. Rochdale Mayfield could potentially overcome Doncaster. Lock Lane, we know for a fact, could overcome Rochdale. Now that they're playing at their own home ground, now the RFL have been to Lock Lane and gone. Yes, you can play at home. Like, there's a chance that they put on a shock, and I'm kind of hoping we get three or four community level sides, playing championship sides or potentially Super League sides in 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 round five or, well, round six when they come in, which will be really, really interesting. Before we move on to our ratings as we come towards the end, Toby, you've got a badge rating this week. I've put it in the chat. We're going to Canada. It's the Vancouver Dragons. Me and Robin dislike it. But after your little emoji in the chat, I feel like you're going to annoy us.
2: No, I'll listen, I don't love it. But there's a certain thing I like about it. If if Scotland and Northern Ireland didn't exist, this would be the badge of Great Britain. <laughs> <laughs> it's got the England cross. It's got the dragon of Wales, and and that is the only thing I like about it. <laughs> and the part is an awful design. I took amusement in the fact that in the ultimate dimension in one of the Marvel universes this is the flag of Great Britain um, and for that reason it's getting it, it's getting
0: six it's getting a six so, so you're let you're rating this the same as the Philadelphia no. flight like this is awful. <laughs> it's awful the coloring is shocking why have they got the the red cross it might be something to do with vancouver like the vancouver dragons the name doesn't even flow off the tongue well like yeah
1: it doesn't i'm speechless
0: <laughs> like
1: <sighs> yeah it's a shocking budget. That dragon is actually awful. It doesn't even it's fit not, in the no, shield. It's, it's not, not even a good
0: perfect. dragon. It's not a good dragon at all, is it?
1: You,
0: you, you,
1: uh, 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 you, you can't read the word. You with a tiny thin red. It's shocking. It's, <laughs>
2: this is the word. I can't believe. You, I can't believe you're giving it six. I'm willing to what? go down to
0: five and a half. Yeah, please, please do, because I don't think there's any other badge in in rugby league.
2: But it's, uh,
1: What's a what's a warning? <laughs> that's a <laughs> probably, a probably
0: the West Wales Raiders. <laughs> probably the West Wales Raiders. now knowing Toby, I might give him that next week to see what he actually rates it. In all honesty, um, wow, that's a shocker! It's gone to the bottom. It's right at the bottom, below Philadelphia Flight, below Castlecon, York Acon with an eight in second, and the Dorcule Tigers, which we really loved last week, has, um has given us an eight point five. But we must move on. It's, it's, it's been a long show. It's been a show full of more technical difficulties. Well, one week there won't be any technical difficulties, I'm sure. Um, but we move on. Set a six time. After quite a strong week from myself and Robin, we, we both gained a point on the Tobster. Toby, you're still 15.5 points at the top. I'm two points behind. And then Robin, you're a further point behind me. And I forgot who predicted who and I have to go back and watch it all and just like because I just had such a long week But game number one This week It's The repeat of the grand final if Saints versus Catalan Where are we going with this lads?
1: I think after the wrap that we just gave Saints um, they're, they're the favourites for me um, But having said that You can't write off that Catalan side Um but still, I'm going
0: to go with Saints. Toby, are you back in Saints on this one?
2: I am um, purely because uh, Catalans have got a new half partnership that might take some gelling time. The Saints know what they're doing already.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the Saints team, like we said, has, has not changed much. They're strong. They've got a great coach. They've already beaten Catalan in the final. Catalan didn't have the best of showing against Toulouse in pre season. They, they might start slowly. It's going to be Saints for me. Uh, next game up is. The first game live on terrestrial tv for super league we have leeds versus warrington wolves um i've just realized what i've done i've left the championship logo in the middle so i need to go back and change that that will be changed in post i promise that's to remind me to go and do that um yeah leeds versus warrington on saturday half past 12.
1: yeah this this is an exciting one because like you say it's on terrestrial television we haven't had a chance to speak about that yet probably will next week but um, that's super exciting um, I think I, I'm going to go with Leeds um, I really like this Leeds team this year playing at home um, I'm going to back them
0: Yeah we've given Leeds a good wrap today we we think they're stronger than Warrington we hope they can start well you said yourself earlier uh, Toby that Leeds need to start well in order to to be a top four team and I think they will against this Warrington side which we don't think is particularly strong I'm going to go for Leeds. Is it going to be a clean sweep for Leeds, or are you going to shake the apple cart up a little bit?
2: Yeah, I'm going to take Warrington. I saw Leeds start bad at home last season. Um, I, I, I just, I don't know. I, I just don't trust uh, Richard Agar at the start of the season. Uh, any after after that last season, I think it put me at the bottom of our prediction when you got the start of last season. And then <laughs> I, don't, saying, yeah. I mean Warrington. I just don't think Leeds will get off to a great start. Um, I think that they'll they'll all their wins will come sort of from round three onwards um which isn't a long time to you know settle into the season but that's why I'll, I'll put warrington
0: yeah no that that's fair enough you also need to do something different otherwise it's going to get a bit boring uh next up it's probably a game that it's probably not as easy to predict as the previous two despite the fact that we're picking one one of the games was the repeat of the grand final from last year to lose his first game in super league at home Against the Huddersfield Giants team, we've got predicted to finish ninth. Two reasonably weak squads. But Huddersfield won't want to travel this early, I don't think. And for me, oh, I don't know. I can't. I'm going to see what I put for our league on the our league predictions because I think I just did potluck and guessed. Where's my app? Where's the app? There well,
2: while it is.
0: You while, you look, while I look for that, you have a go and...
2: Yeah. So I think there's always something special, you know. When a team gets a new coach, they always win their first game in a new coach. When a team plays its first game in a, in a new competition, they tend to win it. So I'm going to take Toulouse on this one.
0: Before I reveal who I voted for, uh, Robin, who are you going for here?
1: Yeah. So um, again, I I actually I, I'm 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 struggling with this one as well. I keep I keep flitting between the two. I think um, to lose they've just they've got to get. They've got to get wins under the belt. And this is a, a lower half of the table team. So, this is a, a goal for them is to win that. Um, they're at home. So, um, that that adds in their favour as well. But saying that Huddersfield, um, if there's ever a, a match that you want to do the away trip for, it's surely it's the first one because you've got the most time mm. to prepare for it. Yeah. And they'll be fully, they'll be fully aware and ready and waiting for a, a Toulouse ambush. They know that they'll know what's in store, so they're not going to be caught off guard. So, um, yeah, I'm going to go Huddersfield. That's that's my pick.
0: Yeah, it looks like we're going for the the same teams again this week, Robin. So we might have to mix it up a bit on the next one. I think I know who you're going to go through with game four, but I picked Giants on the R league predictor, and I'm going to have to back them for it because I've, I've, that's why I've done. That at least it's going to be a very close game. To lose at home, lots of preparation, but their squad's arguably weaker than what it was last season, which is which is a shock um, for a team that have been promoted. It shouldn't be weaker; it should be stronger. The Giants have prepped for an away fixture they've known months about. It's not, I believe, it's going to be on TV as well, so that's going to be late on on Saturday night on Sky to, uh seven PM UK time, and that's why I'm I'm going to go for the Giants because. They have the experience, they have the, they know how to start a season and it's against the, the newly promoted side. Toby, next up, I'm going to let you go first because I think mine and Robin's predictions for game four are going to be obvious. It's the Royal Navy versus York Acorn in our all community level Challenge Cup tie.
2: Yeah, very exciting tie. Both of them had impressive wins to get to this point. Um, I... I think that the Royal Navy have had a fantastic run, but I think it's going to come to an end. Um, I think you, you York, they've now they've beat a New Zealand B team in the West Warriors. <laughs> they've won in Scotland. It's time for them to win down south. Um, and, I, and yeah, um, I think York-Acorn battle will be a fun game as well if that was to come. So I'm going to take York-Acorn.
0: Uh, Robin, shock me and pick the Navy.
1: So, yeah, I I mean I've I've loved the navy's run and they were part of that historic clash with the army, um, so I feel like I've like I've enjoyed I've enjoyed them, them in the Challenge Cup this year. But unfortunately, I've I've got to go with Akon like Toby said. They've 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 beat the West Warriors. Um, they've they've like yeah they they beat the Eagles. I reckon they're on they're on form for another win, so I'm going with my home club.
0: <laughs> yeah, there's one thing that sort of. It's tempting me to pick the Royal Navy. And it's the fact that York have had to travel to Edinburgh a month ago and they've won. Yes. They've had then have to travel back, they've played a game, and now they're having to travel down to Portsmouth. Another really, really long trip for them. To for this for this level of team, and I know they're an, an NCL team, so fair play to them, but this is a lot of travelling to do for amateur players who have been at work during the week. They might not have got to train in and it's not gonna be the same team. And it's not a it's not a young team that York have, I believe. I'm looking at some of the, the players, they struggled to put out a, a young fresh team. It was a totally different team they put out against West Warriors and what they did against Edinburgh Eagles. And because of that, I think that the Royal Navy might just be that little bit stronger. However, the Navy haven't impressed against didn't impress against the army really. Like they should have they should have blown them away. They blew bridge end away, expectedly. They came back and they put their heads on the line, they put their hearts on the line against the army and they deserved their win. But they would have celebrated that massively. And they're going to go into this, in my in my opinion, a little bit complacent. They shouldn't because of the type of people they are. But I think they could because of the run that they've had at York. There's no pressure on York. And for that reason, I'm actually going to go for York. Like clean sweep, York are going to go down to Portsmouth and they're going to beat the Navy. Just in my opinion.
1: Love to see it.
0: Um, and the next one might shock you as well, uh, lads. But, witness a beating Halifax this weekend.
1: Oh, So so you've gone with your head for that one, definitely.
0: I think so. I think London, the win against London for facts it was expected. Should have beaten them. A loss against a Batley team that after being 16 nil up shouldn't have happened they're at home yeah against a witness team that have looked really really good in the opening two weeks i think a witness team that we didn't think would look this good and because of that i think witness are going to do them over and i'm sorry facts fans for saying this but they are that i don't i don't see facts getting getting two points from this weekend yeah i
1: um it's, in, it's an interesting fixture. I think, like you say, we didn't expect witness to be doing this well and we expected Fax to be doing better. Um, I I, um, I think potentially Fax may have found the weaknesses and patched them up in time. I mean, they're going to have a job on to stop uh, hat-trick scorer Lawson from Widdens, <laughs> but um, I'm going to go with Halifax and <sighs> not just for the fact that it would be really, really satisfying if five to one, and I picked
0: them a new game. <laughs> it would. It would be. It'd be horrible for me. I, don't forget. Don't be wrong. I'll be praying on the weekend, that I, listening along, and I pray that they win. Like, I pray that facts win because I want them to win. But as a as the way the season's gone so far, I don't. I don't know if we're going to get the point. We start slowly every year. Only one win in five last year. We've already lost a game this year don't see it happening Toby we've split the field here who are you backing who's going to get the majority
2: I thought picking Witness was guaranteed to go against the trend um, and now that you've picked Witness, I, I, I feel like I should actually go with my head <laughs> um, and not just and not just that and yeah I think I said at the start of the season I believe Halifax are a very strong side I think they've now had their confidence boost against London and that game against Batley was sort of a very hard indicator where you're starting with a weakened team um, all playing together for the first time and you're playing at Batley on a slope. I think at home a bit of momentum going, proof that you know, they need to prove that they're a good side like we think they are and uh, I'm going to pick Halifax too.
0: Fair play. Fair enough for you two. You, last year you got on the hype train and I'm getting off it this year. I'm, <laughs> like, I'm like, there is no hype train yet. I'm just sort of <laughs> I'm just sort of following it. I'm watching it. I'm like, I might catch the next one. Like, I'm still, I still want to get there. I still want to get to Super League, but I'm not on that train. I'm not on the early. Tra- I'm not getting. I'm not rushing. Um, the last game, yeah. Like, I've got an, I've got an any time return to Super League, and. That's what I'm. I'm just when I'm ready. When I've packed my bag, and when when we're there, I'll go. I'm not going yet. I'm not ready. I don't want to get up that early. And that's the way I'm seeing it this year. Like we could get there at the end of the season, and I'll and I'll happily ride that train towards the end of the year. But it's a bit early for me to jump on it. Just just yet. Not not after the first two weeks have been um, like we started slow against London, but it was only the second half when they tired. We came on. Second half against Batley was the opposite. We started fast. And we ended slow. Like we've been so inconsistent. If we have two inconsistent, if we have two, we have a slow start and a slow end against Witness, We're going to get battered because they've really impressed the first two weeks. But last game of the weekend, Lee at home against Bradford. Bradford come off a shocking defeat against Sheffield at home. Lee come off a bit of a battering against Fev, which we kind of expected. We thought it was going to be a good fixture. Kind of expected. Again, I believe it's the Monday night game. I've got Lee winning this one, but only because they're at home and they didn't look awful against Fev, despite the, despite the scoreline.
1: Yeah, I think, um, I think it's a tough one to call. Obviously, Toby is on the Lee hype train. <laughs> um, but, but for me, Bradford didn't look great. I think we saw the pitch for the mud bath in both games. Um, so I think they'll still both be a little bit rusty, but I think Lee have the better squad, so I'm going to go with Lee.
0: Uh, Toby, are you, are you backing Lee and sort of mixing it up a bit, or are you going uh, and sort of staying on the hype train that you've had all year? Oh, we could fi- Lee might finish first. Actually, no, we're not going to finish first, and you're slowly sort of backing down a little bit. You were full <laughs> steam ahead, episode two, three, and now you're like, oh, I don't know. Yeah,
2: if Bradford didn't have the cock up that they had um, against against Sheffield then I think I'd be tempted to pick Bradford in this because Lee had broke my heart but I will say about that Lee performance against Featherston which had fantastic viewing figures was just as a little well done to yeah Feather huge well. yeah. Um, I think that Lee did play relatively well they just weren't willing to play expansive and play through the backs on that muddy pitch and Feather were willing to just pretend the pitch wasn't yeah. Boggy and that, and it worked out for them. They played with more confidence, and it and it and it paid off. Um. So I think that there's. I think Lee are still a good side, and I don't think Bradford have got the confidence to go and beat them, um, on Monday. So I will take Lee.
0: Yeah, that that that's fair enough. I I, I think Bradford. Had, we said this, didn't we? With their, with John Keir in charge, they're going to struggle with consistency because, yeah, but the, the year that. 2019 they beat leeds and then lost to halifax in the cup and they didn't finish in the playoffs and then last year they struggled like this year they're going to struggle but their squad's a bit stronger they still haven't got the deck pattern available and they need to make the most of having not having him in the in the first few rounds i believe he's coming back round five or six so they need to make sure they get wins under their belt but i don't think one of those wins is going to be this weekend so jordan lily even yeah not deck Pattern. apologies yeah but that that's a that's been a bumper episode. Um we wanted to do two episodes, but unfortunately time frames and technical issues and everything else that just sort of comes with none of us being near each other has got in the way of that. I really we really, really hope you enjoyed this episode. Don't shout at us if you don't like where your team's finished. It's it's not we'll probably change. Actually, yeah. You know what? <laughs> do it. Do it <laughs> because you <laughs> do it, time. because you know what? we don't care like none none of us none of us support a super league side i mean robin's probably got a little bit of love for is it huddersfield is, was but, it, like is it for, was it for Hudders? was that you that went to huddersfield or was that someone else i'm thinking of someone else no, that's, that was not me. that was someone else field,
2: Sorry.
0: Don't know love. <laughs> he's like he's like stuff he's like stuff this cowbell um but yeah like none, none of us have a, a support for a super league side we're not going to actively say that we're super league fans Yes, we love the quality of rugby, but yeah, we're not Super League fans, and we don't watch these teams week in, week out unless they're on TV. So, if you don't like it, feel free to shout, but we won't care. Like, unless you insult us, we won't care. No,
1: I, no, change my mind. <laughs> I want to hear you change my mind. That's
0: the thing. Yeah, you I
1: can will go, and we won't listen. But if you change my mind, then
0: we cool. will. We will come back to it at the end of the year, and like, say, if we get a team perfect, we get three points the more spots they're off, the more points we lose. So if they're three, if we get them exact, it's three points. If it's one place off, we get two points. Two plays off, we get one point. If it's no place off, we get zero points. That's how we're going to do it. We're gonna. I'm having fun. I'll probably forget about that in three weeks, but someone better remind me. We've been the Biff. That's been Toby. That's been Robin. That way. Not that way. That way. That's been Robin. That's been Toby. It's just the complete opposite way on Discord. So the lads are confused. Don't forget, drop a like. Drop a subscription on YouTube, drop a follow on Spotify. Make sure if you're listening if you're watching it on YouTube, mute it and listen to it on Spotify. Double up. We know we know what you're doing. <laughs> Alright. Um but we thank you for the support so far. We'll be back next week with another story of the round. It's I believe my turn for Hall of Fame. Or is it Robin's turn? Right, yeah. It's my yeah, turn for yeah. Hall of Fame. So these two will not have a clue what's going on. We'll have another badger rating from Toby. And yeah, we'll have fun. We'll have a laugh. We'll have fun. And we'll see the fact that Toby is now level on points with someone else in the predictions. Uh, (laughs) Have a good weekend. Enjoy the Super League. Enjoy the Challenge Cup. Enjoy the Championship. If you get to a game, let us know what game you're going to at the weekend. Because none of us are going to one, which is heartbreaking. But we've been the Biff. Brought to you by shoulder charges and swinging arms which i think is fantastic we'll see you next week peace